This is episode six of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. We hope the rest of your day is just as much fun as this. You're listening to Rise Up on Family Life. So I was really confused uh, as a young child and even growing up, to be honest with you, that uh, every time I would see someone with that smudge in the middle of their forehead, oh, right. yeah. I didn't know, I really didn't know what it meant. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I mean, I know a little bit more now, but uh, every time Ash Wednesday rolls around, now I mean, I know why they have it, right, but right. it was still, I've never been involved. I never did anything for Ash Wednesday or Lent. So I kind of felt like, am I not being spiritual enough mm-hmm. if I don't mm-hmm. do things? That's it's a question, you know, that I still kind of talk, ask myself. Right, right. I've never had that actual ash put on my forehead there, though. I ex- know what you're talking about, Steve, the experience of do they know they have something on their forehead? Mm-hmm. And then finding out what it's really for. But from a younger age, uh, we did practice Lent in my family, not like as a strict, hard and fast rule. It was kind of just following an example. It was something my mom did. She talked about it and we wanted to know what that was like. So my brothers and I did participate when we were younger, but it was never a formal religious kind of experience for us. I think Lent is kind of like Advent in that it's not in the Bible per se, like there's not an outline of here's how you celebrate this, but it's not an unbiblical idea Mm -hmm. because it's really just about creating a solemn time that causes you to reflect more on the sacrifice of Jesus death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so I think anytime you do that, that's an okay thing to do. It's Mm -hmm. not against, I guess the idea is just, do you worship the ritual more than you worship the Savior? And that's kind of the key. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Am I way off base to think, even today, that if I do it and it's a forced thing, like, oh, I think I should do this, it's almost like giving in a way. Hmm. It's like if I'm uh, if I'm forcing to give versus being a cheerful giver sure. in a way of being a, a willing participant. Uh, is that a similar thing? Is that a fair comparison or not? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I think it's a I think it's a fair comparison that anything we do with the wrong heart mm-hmm. is like God can use it in His grace and mercy and turn it around because our motives are always going to be muddled as human beings, anyways. But it's definitely not the best way we can get the most out of it. I think we can do Lent right. I think we can do it wrong. Mm-hmm. An experience of when I probably did it a silly way. I don't know that this was wrong per se, but it was counterproductive. I gave up uh, caffeinated beverages one year for Lent. Okay. And uh, then I just. <laughs> took caffeine pills with my herbal tea. See? So so it kind of undid the purpose there. It's like, okay, (laughs) was the heart in the right place? It's like, all right, Lord, I'm giving this thing up and I'm getting it over here anyways. I mean, you can miss the point. You can miss the point by giving something up just to give it up. But what are you really learning from that? And I think that's what people do that are choosing to give something up for Lent. It's not saying that this is a bad thing, so I'm cutting it out of my life. You you might be doing that. I mean, there's no bad time to choose to quit something that's unhealthy for you. But I think it's important to remember that when we decide to make a fast out of something in Lent, it's choosing to give up something that's perfectly good, but doing it for what you can learn 
in that experience. It's it's voluntarily offering something to God, Steve. And I think that's where the heart comes in. It's like if you're doing it for the purpose of saying, okay, Lord, I know that this is a good thing you've created, but I'm choosing to forego it for a time to try to learn and prepare my heart in a certain way for a special reason. I think that's where we're going to get the most out of it. It almost seems like the Sunday school answer, but it always is a matter of the heart with right, God. Right, right. So. Yeah, and Sunday school answers are Sunday school, school answers, answers for, for a reason. <laughs> you learn some good things in Sunday school. Exactly. And what if you didn't give something up, but what if you added something? I mean, yeah. could we add things to our lives to keep in the spirit of Lent? Could you add more Bible reading? I'm doing a special Lent devotional. It's 40 days long, and I believe that's to kind of mirror Jesus' 40 days in the desert. But if you look Hmm. at the time from Ash Wednesday to Easter, it's not 40 days because the Sabbath— you know, when we go to church mm. and, and worship and things, it's kind of to take that day. And so there's 40 non-Sabbath days between Ash Wednesday and Easter, from what I understand. So could you add more Bible reading or a special devotional? Could you add more prayer? Mm. Could you add more worship? Like intentionally setting aside time to say, I'm going to worship God, not just on a church service day, but all the days. Mm. I don't know. Maybe you could serve others more during Lent. And to me, it's another one of those things, almost like giving. I don't hate to go back to that again, but uh, don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. I don't think it's the purpose of going around telling people what you're giving (laughs) up for Lent or adding for Lent. That's putting the focus on you versus putting the focus on God. Like, look what I am doing for Lent. I don't know. There's that fine line between encouraging others to do it and putting the focus on yourself. Again, goes back to the matter of the heart. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Definitely. And, And it's it's about our hearts and about what we're doing to focus them for Easter, because that's really the whole point of Lent. The reason why it's those 40 days or 46 days is because it's 46 days leading up to Easter. The whole point is recognizing, hey, this day is a big deal for our faith. And it's whatever we can do that's getting our hearts in such a posture that when that day arrives where we're celebrating Christ's resurrection, our hearts are in the the best possible place they can be to make that, well, what it really should be is such a huge day for our salvation. The idea of voluntary participation, we touched on some at the beginning, and I think that's such a key to this uh, because it's a picture of our relationship with Christ. You know, no one can be forced into accepting Christ. If you've been forced into it, then it's not genuine, and then you don't actually have salvation. And I think this is where churches have to be careful with how— they pass down these kind of human-created rituals. That if you're doing it out of obligation or because the church says to, you're missing the heart behind it. You know, and even when you were a kid, Tim, you kind of got that sense of, okay, is this something that I want to do? You know, and it wasn't like your mom was saying, Mm. Timothy, I'm assuming that's what she (laughs) got. Timothy, you must do this. It was just something that you talked about it as a family, and then you decided— Yes, I want to participate. That voluntary participation is so important. And even in Jesus' time on earth, we saw where he would offer things to people, but they still had to choose whether or not to take them. And that's so true about our faith that we have to choose to surrender our lives to Jesus. You mentioned uh, as a kid growing up, Timothy. Um, (laughs) I did not grow up uh, in the church. 
And so I am not I'm not making this up. I'm not telling a Steve joke. Uh, I'm telling when I was young and when I heard the people talk about when this subject would come up, I think to my in my little head and I'm saying I'm five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, somewhere in that area. I couldn't understand why people were giving up that stuff from the dryer. Um, that stuff that comes up when the... You like, thought why it was lint. I thought, yeah, it's like, why are they giving up lint? It didn't make any sense to me at the time. Who wants to keep it anyway? That's right. Now we go to dryer sheets for different things. But uh, anyway, I'm just telling you a true story of my childhood, and some people just never grow up, I guess. Uh, you might choose to give up some of those stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next time I will. Next year, this time, I will not tell that story. I'm giving that up forever. Are you ready to face the day? No? That's okay. You can hang out with us until you're ready. This is Rise Up on Family Life. It's peanut month <laughs> now. Oh, it's finally peanut, here. Oh, just, I, I adore peanut yeah. butter. It's a close friend of mine yeah. over the years. It's it's always there. And Well, and you have that theory about peanut butter. That that's if right. You my like food, food, theory, yes. If yeah. you yeah. like a food, take right. any food you like, mm-hmm. and you add peanut butter to it, mm-hmm. that food, it'll still taste good. Mm-hmm. So that's my theory. I yeah. I ascribe to that, Steve. Yeah. I am with you on that. Okay. Well, peanut yeah. butter I love. Oh, I love, man. I love. Well, do you love it enough to have composed something for it? Mm-hmm. I know you have, uh, you're, you're a bit of a high Haikuist yourself. Mm. You compose them for things that you appreciate in life. I would be surprised if there weren't one for peanut butter today. I've never been described as a haikuist, but I think... uh, (laughs) As anyone, does the word exist? I'm not sure it does now, and I like it. Okay, uh, I will do a haiku in honor of peanut month, or peanut butter in particular, but you can't do a haiku with peanut butter without having... Peanut butter in your mouth. Oh, boy. boy. Here we go. Five syllables, seven syllables, five <laughs> syllables. Here we go. This is everything your mom said not to do. Here we go. The roof of my mouth. Oh, it sure tastes like heaven. Love peanut butter. There it is, our haikuist, Steve Smith. That'll preach. Happy peanut month. Sharing the message of hope. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. You're just trying to get to work faster. I just need to get to work faster. And there's there's like too many cars and all this honking. Um, and <laughs> That's that, honking. Okay, that kind of honking can actually help you get to work faster. One of the worst things you can do when you're driving is get too close to the car in front of you. You know tailgating mm. because then what happens is you get too close and you're like oh tap on your brake and then the person behind you is like whoa and then they tap mm. on their brake and then there's like stop and go traffic and it gets all worse they say the best way for all of us to get where we're going the quickest is to equally distance ourselves and move at a steady pace. And then that pace can get a little bit faster. You know where we see a great example of this at work? Oh, yeah, our honking friends. Have you ever seen a formation of Canadian geese, how they're all nicely spaced out? And it's like, huh, God gives us all kinds of great examples for how to do life better. If you want to know how to get to work faster, just look up. But not while you're driving to work, okay? (laughs) Come closer to the radio so we can see you. Wow, you look great today. This is Rise Up on Family Life. 
when that member of your household is really excited to tell you about their dream. I just had the craziest dream. We were on a car ride, you know, like we do, and I had my head out the window, you know, like I do, and, and all of a sudden there was a squirrel driving next to us, and there was this huge truck of dog treats in front of us, and, and the squirrel was trying to run him off the road to get the dog treats, and oh, that's when you woke me up and put my leash on, and here we are. Hmm. Well, maybe they'd say that if they could talk. We just learned they can't read. Pets would it'd be nice if they could, but they can't talk. They can't tell us what they're dreaming about. But research shows it actually could be a pretty familiar picture. So image of brain activity for lab rats shows that they are dreaming at night about the very same mazes that they were running through earlier in the day for testing. It's the same parts of their brain. They're dreaming about the same thing they were doing earlier that day. So mm. for your pet, your dog, your cat, yeah, it's very likely they might have dreams about those ordinary familiar activities like going on car rides or reading the poster that said that they were a missing cat. But <laughs> they also enter a deeper sleep, just like we do when we have those more bizarre dreams and we can't see what's going on there. So giant squirrels, endless buffets of treats, maybe. Something reminds me. I didn't even t- I can't believe you brought this up. <laughs> what? Because last night. I had this. I had this dream. This is crazy. This is crazy. Squirrel in a convertible. No, 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 no. It's crazy. That I was on the radio. With, with oh, you wouldn't believe it. No, no. Anyone else wish morning started just a little later? Yeah, we get that. It's rise up with Steve, Teresa, and Tim on Family Life. Okay, maybe it's just dinner and a movie, or maybe you're going to get coffee. The first date, is it really that exciting? Well, maybe. They've studied heart rates of people on a first date. It equals about what your heart rate does when you jump out of an airplane. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? And then there are times where you go on a first date and you wish that you had chosen to jump out of an airplane (laughs) instead. Today is going to be great. We just know it. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Do not believe everything you read. Study to show yourself approved. I just saw this, and so I'm going to, I'm not going to believe it. I'm going to put it to the test here. Okay. This headline, Pets can boost your brain power. Let's go around the room here. Uh, okay. Tim, this is brain power. If yeah, you have yeah. a pet, better brain power. Uh, Tim, do you have a pet? Oh, yeah, I do. Huh. Okay. Therese, do you have a pet? Well, Tim has one dog. I have two dogs. Oh, maybe it's exponential kind of thing. So, um, so uh, Steve, do you, do you have a pet? Pets can boost your brain power. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I don't. Science. <laughs> Look at that. Let me rephrase the don't believe everything you read. Just <laughs> believe some of the things you read. <laughs> as refreshing as that first sip of coffee in the morning, this is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Okay, it's no secret that sports ball isn't my thing. Not <laughs> right. exactly my thing. Not generally into the sports. But there's a few ones I like, like the participatory ones you do at family gathering things and whatnot, like volleyball. Oh, I yeah. like volleyball. A lot of fun. I might uh-huh. not be the best at it, but I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes okay. this thing happens that, well, it's kind of a metaphor for other areas of life. You just call it volleyballing it. It's when you're playing the game, you know, and the ball's <laughs> coming down and, 
Do you go for it? I go for it. You, you go for it. I go. And then, boom. You got to call it. it. Well, okay, so you know how to do the sports ball. I don't. So the ball lands between me. <laughs> I wouldn't go that me. far. <laughs> the ball lands between me and the other person. Mm-hmm. We didn't communicate. Didn't figure out whose job this was. Maybe we mm. both went for it. It was just a train wreck. It didn't work out. There are some jobs that are better with just one person. Some jobs that God wants to do, he doesn't want you trying to volleyball it for him. He's already called it. It's not your job to change a heart today. Hmm. It's not your job to know everything today. It's definitely not your job to control everything today. God already called this one. Let him have it. Whatever happens today, know that God's got it. You're listening to Rise Up on Family Life.